the closeness of the Blessed One and to bring through their merit spiritual benefits to the remaining masses who are dependent on them. They are the ones who should fulfill the tenets of the pious that others are incapable of, i.e. the provisions of abstinence mentioned herein. This is the eternal's express choice. Now, he's going to now address, this doesn't seem so fair. Why is it that some people are capable of achieving this high level and not everyone? For it is impossible for the entire nation to be equally on one footing. Since there are varying levels among them, each person in accord with his intelligence. It's an interesting way to, to sort of uh, set up this situation. In terms of saying who's capable of what, it's all about different levels of intelligence, right? Another thing that we can say is depending on what sort of background you were born with and depending on what sort of uh, growth and, and learning that you had as you were younger, then that can help lead you to a certain way. I think in America today, there's this concept that everybody is equal. And it's not true that everybody is equal, right? It's true that everything is fear. I feel like when it comes to my children, sometimes one kid will say, how come you're hanging out with that kid more than you're hanging out with me? And the response to that is, is that I, I do whatever is going to work better for both kids. So a certain kid might need more attention because they have more issues in life, let's say, so they might need more attention. But the, the idea is, is that everybody should be treated fairly. It's not the same thing as being treated equally. People are born in different places. People are born with different skill sets and different challenges. So there's only certain unique individuals who have the ability to reach this very, very high level. It's up to them to reach the highest level that they can reach and reach these levels of abstinence. And when they do so, that actually brings the rest of us up as well. At least there are select individuals who can develop their capabilities thoroughly, and through those who are capable, those who are also, those who are not, will also attain the eternal's love and his divine presence. Similar to what they of blessed memory taught in a madrash when referring to the four species of the lulav. The famous madrash explains that the four species of the lulav come to represent the four different types of people in, in the Jewish nation. We have the person whose deeds are good, and, and not just his deeds are good, but also uh, you know, learns a lot of Torah. And you have the person who learns a lot of Torah, but his deeds are not necessarily good. And you have the person whose deeds are good, but doesn't necessarily learn a lot of Torah. And then you have the person who's neither. And each one of the four species is representative of a different uh, sampling of the Jewish nation. But only with all of us unified together do we come in front of God and do we actually achieve the atonement. But it, it's necessary to have the, the people who are sinners. It's necessary to have the people who are wholly righteous all in the same category. So when we talk about the people who are able to reach this very high level, they are going to bring the rest of us along with them. And we know what Elio of blessed memory said to Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi after the incident involving Ula bar Koshe. When Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi responded, isn't it a Mishnah? And Elio replied, is it Mishnah Chassidit, tenets of the pious? Not familiar with this. This is a Yerushalmi. It's in Jerusalem Talmud. Not familiar with this. I, I opened this up at, at uh, 657, and I realized I probably should have opened it up earlier, so I had a chance to look at this uh, topic. But the, what we see from here is a similar proof that there are certain things that the, we expect from very holy people that everybody else we do not expect this from. Harmful abstinence, right? So now, up until now, he's talking about abstinence that is a positive thing. Now he's going to talk about abstinence that is not positive, it's a negative thing. It resembles the ways of the foolish Gentiles, 
who not only refrain from what is unessential, but also deny themselves what is essential and chastise themselves often in strange ways. I imagine this is a rebuke at the Christian method of, um, of saying that the priests have to, be, um, have to be celibate. I imagine that's what he's rebuking over here. The idea of saying that, that celibacy is, is a positive thing, that's not what Hashem created. Hashem did not, not create a world in which he intended for the holiest people to be celibate. If that would be so, then the holiest people would never be able to propagate others like them because they would never have children. And that certainly is not what Hashem did, and that's not what Hashem wants. He wants us to, as we discussed earlier, to be moderate. But to say we should be completely celibate, that, that's foolish. Which the eternal totally rejects, chastising themselves in strange ways, right? Probably referring to the idea what the, what the Christians do, the idea of, um, you know, the people who lash themselves, right? And that was also something which is not, not what we're not supposed to do this. The sages have said a person is not allowed to mortify himself. And when referring to charity, they said, whoever needs to take and doesn't is regarded as if he has shed blood. In other words, it's not okay to say to yourself, this is what I need, but I'm going to be extra abstinent. And I'm not going to take it even though I need it. That's not what Hashem wants. If this is what you're supposed to do, then you're supposed to be taking that and you're supposed to be having that benefit. And they also said in the Talmud, into a living being. Says in the Torah, in, in uh, right at the beginning of Genesis, into a living being it means that it is your duty to sustain the soul that I implanted within you. That part of our obligations in this world is to actually ensure that our soul is fed. And it also says in Titus in the Talmud, whoever fasts regularly is called a sinner. If you fast too many times, you're called a sinner. Now, throughout our history, there have been people who fasted every Monday and Thursday. But that being said, fasting too many times is a sinner. What's the definition of too many times? Our sages establish that this relates to one who is not able to withstand self-affliction. So if this is something that helps you in your path to a greater understanding, greater connection with God, then this is something that's praiseworthy. But if it's something that's not helping you get there, and instead is, is having a negative effect on your overall relationship, right? If you're using up too much willpower and fasting, and now you're no longer able to withstand other issues that might be facing you, then this is not a positive thing, this is a negative thing. Furthermore, Hillel used to say, the statement, one who is beneficent to his own soul is a pious person, refers to the eating of breakfast, right? The importance of eating breakfast. Someone who is kind to himself is a person of kindness. Um, that, so according to Hillel, that refers to the eating of breakfast. Actually, literally just yesterday, we did the daf in the Gemara and the daf Yomi that we did. It brought up this, uh, this verse. Rashi brought in this verse. And he explains, this is actually referring to someone who prays. That if you pray and develop a relationship with God, that is how you are beneficent to your own soul. Through developing a relationship with God, that's your beneficent to your own soul. But Hillel argues, and Hillel says, if you want to be beneficent to your own soul, it means to eating breakfast. Hillel would wash his face and hands in honor of his heavenly master, deriving this a fortiori from the practice that prevailed at that time of washing the statues that represented kings. Hillel famously says that you have to be kind to your fellow Jew. He says that the reason, one of the reasons why you have to be kind to your fellow Jew is because we were created in the image of God. So when we are kind to our fellow person, then we are being, in essence, being kind to, to a representative of God on this earth. So he would wash his face in his hands. He told his servants, 
When I, he told not his servants, he told his students and his attendants, when I go to go to the bathhouse and I wash my body, you know what I'm doing? I'm washing something that is a representative of God in this world, right? It's a very lofty way of looking at ourselves, right? So this is something he's saying, so, well, I'm going to be very abstinent and I'm not going to care about my body at all. No, that's the wrong attitude. Hello is very clear. You do have to care about your body. This is something that you were given. It's a representative of God. And therefore, absolutely, you have to be careful. A fundamental rule to be derived from this is as follows. A person should abstain from any worldly matters that are unessential. On the other hand, anything that he regards as essential, for whatever reason, must not be abstained from because it is essential to him. But if he disregards the principle and abstains from it, he is a sinner. This is a sound rule. Yet the application of the specific in conformity to this rule is left to one's discretion. And a person will be extolled in accordance with the degree of his intelligence. This is not something where you can have a one rule fits all. It is impossible to assemble all the specifics since they are so numerous. And man's mind cannot encompass all of them. Rather, one must deal with them one by one, each at its appropriate time. So how to define exactly what the proper level of abstinence is for each individual is going to be up to each individual to, who knows himself. And in, in uh, conversation and discussion with someone who, and a third party, someone who knows them and also has an understanding of what the Torah's perspective is on life, to figure out what they should be abstaining from, what they should not be abstaining from. I remember a story uh, when my, my wife's family used to live in Atlanta, and there was a family in Atlanta that wanted to build a very large house. And they had, had, they had come into a, a very decent sum of money, and they wanted to build a very large house. And they went to Rabbi Feldman, who was the rabbi in uh, Beth Jacob, which is the main show in Atlanta. And they asked him, they want to build a large house, but on the other hand, they feel it's inappropriate to build a large house. So his response was, I think you should build a large house. However, if there's ever any opportunity where your house can be the, the host of uh, any sort of party, either uh, you know, an engagement party or a Shabbat Brachot or anything of that nature, you have to grab that opportunity and use your house to host other people and use your house in the practice and pursuit of of, of doing kindness to others, then absolutely you should build a large house. You should enjoy it, you know, benachas. but the idea is that through speaking to someone who's a wise person who, who has a Torah understanding and is objective, then you can figure out exactly what is the necessary level of abstinence and what is unnecessary and actually detrimental to your spiritual health. Take care, everyone. Be well.